All right, welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today, Cade and I are talking about one of our probably most intricate topics that we've covered, and that's partnerships. Yeah, and specifically, I know a big thing that it has at least drived our business partnership and what we've heard from a lot of people specifically is a lot of lessons taken from a book called Rocket Fuel. Yeah. So in today's episode, we're going to be kind of doing a little bit of an outline of the yeah. book, kind of its main topics and how it's tied into our business partnership, uh, what people out there looking to jump into business partnerships can learn from ours and from some of these lessons from Rocket Fuel and kind of take it from there. Yeah, I'm surprised we actually don't have it out on our we do books not. for display. <laughs> it's it, gotta be in here somewhere. It, it's gotta be. So the interesting thing that we really wanted to talk about was that a lot of people, when they meet with us, they like, or like talk to us about real estate. They always ask about our partnership and how it works. And um, we obviously- had our, We had our whole fiasco about our partnership falling out and, <laughs> and not really falling out. So we, we definitely get a lot of people asking. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the, the big things is, is that, uh, I feel like our partnership's pretty healthy. It's obviously, it's not perfect. It's a growing, you know, working, moving um, relationship. But I think you and I both have maintained now for two years under a lot of pressure, a general feeling of happiness with the relationship. And we feel like there's a mutual benefit from maintaining in a partnership. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes that can distract people and they feel like, oh, like a partnership's the only way. And we want to like preface this conversation with that it's not the only way. And there's some important things that you really need to look into. Um, and when we talk about a partnership, we're really just talking about two people teaming up. It, it doesn't have to be a formal uh, limited partnership. It doesn't have to be an LLC or an S Corp or anything like that. This is in regards to any two people or more people working together uh, and in this case, specifically about monetary gain. Yeah. Whether it be, like you said, it can be official, like through an LLC like ours is, um, or through something like that, an S Corp, but it can also be something as simple as like a joint marketing list. Like you're teaming up and you're splitting the cost with somebody yeah. to yeah. market a list. And then subsequently, hopefully divvying up the tasks when you get a deal and then subsequently splitting the profit. Splitting the profit. Yeah. Something as simple as that. Yeah. So it's, that's a really important thing to note is that you might be thinking like, oh, I'm not in a partnership. You know, we're just, we call the same list together. Well, in this case, for all intents and purposes, we're going to kind of refer to that as a partnership. Yeah, absolutely. So now rocket fuel. So I, I and I can't remember, I wish we had it. Um, the author's name off the top of my head. I'll pull it up. Okay. So rocket fuel, um, and like we said, and I will continue to reiterate until the day that I die, is that that is the first book everybody should read before getting into a partnership, before uh, you know jumping in with a friend, a family member, anything. Both of you and or all of the partners who want to be involved in whatever it is need to read rocket fuel. And the two big things were you able to pull it up yeah it's by uh gino uh wickman and mark winters perfect so there it's a, it is it's orange and white book perfect and so let's dive into kind of the two main things in rocket fuel and what rocket fuel does it outlines you know what specific skill set or or mold that you kind of shape into in business and or just inherently as a person and, and what are those two things 
Yeah, so they refer to him as a, a visionary and an integrator, whereas a lot of like traditional business terms are CEO, CFO, mm-hmm. uh, you know, director of sales. There's a lot of different things. This is a book designed to help kind of break down the partnership that comes with two different people. And it, it kind of is talking about the differences and like you said, like the, the characteristics and the skill sets and the faults. With, yeah, with both types, and I think it's important to note which which the book makes it very clear in the beginning is that you as a person may meet you know the the not criteria but you may fit into the role of visionary and integrator. You may fit uh, typically it's usually more uh, into one than it yes. is the other, or you may you know find yourself thinking you know I I really don't fit either of these right and that's perfectly okay because there is a spot for you in whatever organization you know as a solo entrepreneur you've got your own unique skill set right it's just overarching these are typically the two roles that people kind of lean into or fall into and the idea is that they're setting kind of what the ideal would be and if you fall short from that that's fine because it's an unrealistic expectation and i bet there's a few select people out there who hit all of it but I bet they also come with extra stuff too, right? Yeah, you know? absolutely. So don't feel like if if when we're talking about this, you hear, well, that doesn't really fit me to a T. Just know that it doesn't have to. We're looking for, you know, kind of like uh, an outline. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about, you know, what is a visionary and what is an integrator? And, yeah. and if we sound like we're, we're reading off our notes a little bit, it's because we do have the specific term from the book we want to share with you guys, but then yeah. also just kind of touch upon how it's worked for us and kind of what mold we kind of fall into respectively in our partnership. Yeah. So um, why don't we start off with visionary? Yeah. So a visionary is a strategic thinker that formulates the vision for where the company is going in the long term. So just stopping there, um, when you think of like visionaries, great examples would be like uh, Walt Disney or uh, Ford, uh, Henry Ford, Henry Ford. Mm-hmm. These are the big picture thinkers, right? And so these are the guys that kind of uh, they sometimes are the face of the company, but it's usually because they came up with the idea. They aren't necessarily the other half of the side or yeah. of the business. Yeah. So big picture thinkers, they usually stay in the big picture and they also form the company vision which if you're not familiar with that term, the company vision would be like the final destination of what the company is. Yeah. Um, They contemplate the big picture and set the tone for the company culture and manage client relationships. Yeah. So let's dive into a little bit kind of what all that means, right? So as a visionary, uh, we'll use our business as an example, right? A visionary would be somebody who does all the stuff you named, uh, but also, you know, maintain the external relationships, relationships with lenders, relationships with contractors, maintaining those big relationships that are vital yeah. to the business, right? Ex- and external relationships. Yes. That's, that was something that I really pulled away from the book is that the, the visionary is the, the face to the outside world. Yeah. He's the leader to the outside world, not necessarily the internal workings or the mechanics of the company. Yeah. And that's one of the big strengths of the visionary, right? Is being able to manage all these external relationships that, you know, are are vital to the business's success in in how it runs. And that kind of ties into a little bit 
with the company's vision, the visionary also has kind of like this hunter mentality. They're always on the lookout for, uh, you know, big new ideas for the company, new things, new relationships they can add to the business, right? So they're always on the move and on the hunt for the next thing that can help the company grow. And a big portion of that position is keeping a pulse on like their market and their industry, going to meetups, seeing what other businesses are doing. It's exactly what you're saying. It's kind of like the big picture uh, uh, guide, not as much necessarily within the company. They're more focused on where we're going, not how we're getting there. Yeah. Um, Some of the stuff that that the book talks about are, are the strengths. And so like, Strengths being, you know, idea generator, big picture thinker, um, exactly uh, hunter mentality, new ideas, deals and opportunities. So they're also usually the closer at the start. Usually you hire that position out, but at the start, they're the person who actually closes on deals. Um, but it comes with its challenges because a lot of the times that person's still also going to be struggling with like focus. So if you're constantly thinking about where you're going next, you're not usually thinking about where you're at and making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they get pulled away with too many ideas. Uh, I know I've experienced this a lot, sweating the details. You know, it's like, okay, let's, you know, do X, Y, or Z. So for example, let's do a refinance. But then when it comes down to like, let's get the documents in order and all that, that seems to be way bigger of an issue than figuring out what the right property to refinance is. Yeah. Um, and then also holding other people accountable and developing talent. A lot of the times the big picture thinker isn't somebody who's really going to fulfill that role. And so, you know, that's kind of the pros and cons with that position. Okay. So that's our visionary. And now we'll jump to our integrator, which is the second uh, position, right? So the integrator is essentially the person who runs the organization. They manage the day-to-day issues that arise and just kind of integrate all of the major functions of the business to make sure it's firing on all cylinders, right? It's, yeah, it's like the executor. Like they're the person yeah. that that gets told, okay, here's kind of where we're going. Their job is to actually do it. Yeah. So the executor is a great term because you've got the visionary who is the main driver for the vision of the company, where they see it going, where they want it to go. And the integrator is basically, you know, one of their responsibilities is to go and execute that vision in the company, whether it be, you know, with uh, all of the people in the organization, whatever it takes to go and execute the vision of the company. Yeah. And other than that, you've got executing the vision. And a a big thing is also kind of the voice of reason. So we talked about the visionary um, one, one of, I, I don't want to call it a weakness, but one of, Challenges. Challenges. One of the challenges of being a visionary is having all of these ideas and um, wanting to do so many things. And the integrator is kind of the one that takes these and kind of filters through what the company is actually going to do, right? Yeah. It's that whole idea of being pulled in too many directions. And like an idea guy will come up with all these things. Like, well, we could, because there's a lot of ways to make money. You know, we can make money doing this or that or this or that. And the the integrator is like the person who sits back once the ideas have been thrown out and says, these are the ones that we're actually going to do. Yeah. And uh, I think we've covered 
the the big things of at, at least the responsibilities or, or the strengths of the integrator, right? Just running the day to day, managing the relationships with the other people in the organization, team uh, development, team development, and just like like we were saying, making sure the business is firing on all cylinders mm-hmm. and, and nothing's going wrong, right? It's the much more the day to day, yes, success pattern, absolutely. So, conversely, the challenges of the integrator is, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier with. Walt Disney kind of being the the visionary and obviously the name attached to to Disney, right? Yeah. And yeah. Rocket Fuel makes this example is conversely, uh, Walt Disney had a brother who was essentially the integrator for the Disney companies. I, yeah. I believe he was the CFO for a long period of time. Yep. And the book mentions that that Walt said, you know, uh, my brother is the one who went in and ran this company and executed and made it what what it is today yeah and same with ford everybody knows the name ford mm-hmm. but what you don't realize is that ford had an integrator developing running and crushing in the automobile industry yeah he wasn't actually the guy doing the day in and day hmm. out he was the big picture for because uh, ford was the uh conveyor belt yeah. assembly yep and, you know, so he had that idea, but I'll promise you that that idea guy can't make that come to reality. <laughs> and an idea without execution is a thought. Yeah. So one of the challenges for the integrator is, I mean, I, I couldn't even think of Walt Disney's brother's name off the top of my head, is they don't get a lot of the recognition or appreciation that visionaries typically get within the company. They're the unsung right? hero, for that, sure. They're exactly. They're, they're behind the scenes do, doing all that stuff we were just talking about. Um, some other challenges that, that the book goes over, um, and, and that I've heard before too, and experienced is they can be a little bit pessimistic and, you know, it it can be hard for them to try and balance all of the ideas that are being thrown by the visionary. So, um, it, it takes a little bit of time to, to be disciplined and be able to really get to know your visionary and be able to filter those quickly and, uh, on, on a basis where you can make decisions quickly and when you need to. Exactly. And they're different paces. Yeah. You know, so the book talks a lot about visionaries being fast paced, high moving, high changing direction. And an integrator's job is to keep the company moving in one direction towards the visionary's goals. And then the other part to that is like the visionary is like the guy that always brings the good news and is like the morale booster and the inspirer and all that, or at least this is kind of, generically how they fit the position mm-hmm. and the innovate or the uh, in, uh, integrator. I lost the word for a second. The integrator <laughs> is the guy who actually has to sometimes be the guy that brings bad news Yeah, when you don't hit quotas and who has to kind of lean into you and push you. Yeah. You know, that's the integrator's job. And so sometimes that pessimism also gets kind of, doubled with kind of the bearer of bad news don't shoot the messenger yeah while you're able to be the good guy you also have to be the bad bad guy the bearer bearer of bad news um a little some more other kind of traits of the integrator and ideal integrator that the book goes over um you know they're personally accountable they're decisive they are really good at planning and organizing um they're good at managing conflict a catalyst for team building or team cohesion um, you know, adaptable forward thinker, problem solver, um, in, in this sort of stuff. So do you have anything to add on that? No. Okay. So with those two things in mind, right, the visionary and the integrator, 
you you're going through and reading the book and the book does a great job um uh, of kind of follow along things to make you like check boxes and this that and the other to help you understand where you might fit the mold even after hearing this if you're not really sure kind of where yeah. you're leaning at the end it helps you and your potential business partner or partners really know if if the partnership is going to make sense at the end of the day yeah it does a really good job of breaking down the idea that those two different characteristics or different sets of people um have different strengths and weaknesses that are very complementary. And it talks about flow instead of grind. A lot of people in our industry get stuck with this idea of grinding is the only way when we know for a fact that flow is in a more important state. And to achieve flow, you need to be doing things that you're good at and that you like. And so if you can find a partnership in which you have one of each, they've shown that that company is going to go a lot further, a lot faster than the company that maybe has two integrators or two visionaries. Now, this is a point that I wanted to bring up is that uh, there are a lot of visionaries that listen to our podcast. Visionaries uh, are easy to come by. There's a lot of them. Visionaries can sometimes be summed up as entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. They're the ideas guy who constantly jumps ship and moves to the next thing because it didn't work but they are very optimistic, very fast paced, and uh, usually they're pretty good at sales. What the book talks about is there's almost like a 10 to one, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like a 10 to one ratio. That sounds right, yeah. For uh, integrators Mm -hmm. versus visionaries. And so what that means is that integrators, who are the unsung heroes, kind of the job that has a lot of difficulty, and uh, doesn't get as much praise, those people are fewer and further between. And so uh, if you're an integrator, just know that your value is extremely, extremely important for you to remember because there's going to be a lot of opportunities for you. And if you are a visionary, knowing that one of the downsides of an integrator is you know, being looked over, it's important that you have that relationship building and making sure that you continue to give praise to that person because without that person, your business is going to fail. Yeah. Right. An example I'll use is one of the bigger, one of the biggest investors um, that we know who still does business in the Central Valley, uh, huge visionary, right? And then he had the integrator position who essentially ran the day to day of his real estate investing business. And being an integrator with skills that are applicable to uh, this industry and when you can do the job well, I mean, that that job was posted for multiple, multiple six figures. Yeah. So they are, especially in high a high demand, a good integrator uh, matched with a good visionary can, can be it, unstoppable. Yes. And, and the point that I wanted to bring up is that if you're reading the book and you think I'm a visionary, that's great because that is kind of a fun role. When you think of really, really famous business owners, you're probably thinking of the visionary. Mm-hmm. Just keep in mind that if you want to have a very successful relationship with a partner, you need to keep in mind the fact that you are probably getting a majority of the praise because people see your face as a person talking to the outside world and all that. And you need to keep in mind that that's your job and that your job is to keep the integrator as part of your success. If you start letting it go to your head, you know, you're going to lose your integrator because he's just going to go to the next visionary. 
The other thing that we didn't talk about is in the book, it's very clear in a partnership, there can't be a tie. So when you disagree, who wins? The integrator. The integrator. And wh- and why is that though? So it and the people- visionary is usually <laughs> technically higher yeah. on the flow chart. Yeah. But the integrator trumps the visionary. So if there's a disagreement in uh, the business or a problem that the visionary and integrator, you know, don't see eye to eye on, um, or or can't get solved, the tiebreaker should always go to the integrator. And a big part of that is the integrator being involved in the business on the day-to-day basis in making sure it's firing on on all cylinders, right? So I think a big part um, of why that is is because of, you know, the familiarity and the ties the integrator has to the business and how it runs and obviously knowing how to execute the visionary's vision for the company. And it comes back to the idea that the visionary is the ideas guy and the integrator is the decision maker, And so if the visionary says we need to get into wholesaling and leave this, this resale business and the integrator says we could not do that and function as a company Hmm. and it's return and there's the reality, you need the guy who's looking at reality to Trump. Otherwise you're going to jump ship and you're going to lose out. Yeah. It's just, it's a very important thing to know. And if you read the book, they do have a flow chart that shows how decision-making looks. Yeah. And I think that's the cool part about the book Uh, as a side note, not, I mean, not only are you absorbing and reading all this information, but I think it's super helpful to see, you know, these flow charts and and what happens here and how the relationship really works. Um, Like I was, we were talking about the check boxes or the short answers that kind of help you understand what, what majority roles you may fill. You may have some visionary qualities, but majority of your qualities may fall into the integrator and vice versa. Right. Yeah. Um, so not only is it a great book, but it's interactive and just overall a a really good book. (laughs) It's been key for us to understand how decisions are made because obviously neither of us, um, know everything it's, there's no knowledge imbalance necessarily. Yeah. And so to us knowing, okay, one person has the skill set to make these decisions better than the other. Um, in a business world, it's important to know. Yeah. And we, we've talked a, a little bit about the distribution of responsibility, how it, it kind of works like that between the visionary and the integrator, just about the roles that they fulfill, their strengths yeah. and their challenges and stuff like that. Um, for somebody out there starting out at, as a solo entrepreneur, um, I think like even reading this book just to see where, where you fit in is not only going to help your business now when, when you're working by yourself and noticing your strengths and your challenges, but when you do hopefully get your business to a point where you want to expand and you want to do more and you want to make more money, bringing in someone, bringing in someone to add to your team that brings, you know, the, the expertise and the skill that you need in the relationship to make it flourish, yeah. right? And they were talking in the book too a lot about how most of the time solopreneurs are visionaries who can't execute. And so the sooner you can bring on an integrator who can execute on the vision, the sooner you'll both make more money. Because it's a scary thing to hire on somebody at that position because mm-hmm. they're going to ask a lot. Yeah. And um, so it's it was an interesting thought. So let's just talk a little bit. Um, we've covered a little bit of the distribution of responsibilities, but let's try to get, we're going to try to be pretty nitpicky in this situation about real estate specifically. Okay. 
So let's go through the visionary. Keep in mind, if you're listening to this and you think to yourself that, oh, these are the tasks that I'm good at, you might be a visionary. Yeah. And if you think to yourself, I hate those tasks, <laughs> you might be an integrator. So the, the key one is guiding the company in the best direction. It's creating the vision. So if you are sitting there and you th say to yourself, I hate thinking about the future. Uh, you know, I, I can't figure out which way I want to go. That might not be your job. If you're sitting there and you're like, oh my God, I got all these ideas and they're constantly coming to me and I just write them down, but I can't, you might be finding out that this is something you're good at. Yeah. So creating a vision that, that takes a few things, you know, market pulse, uh, education and all that. We'll talk about it, but that's one of your main goals. Uh, the next one, which was really important to know if you're a solopreneur is the rainmaker, the moneymaker, the deal closer, uh, the guy who takes the tough phone calls. At the start, you're literally, you are sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to a bigger business, you outsource that. You're the deal closer for a period of time. And then once you level up above that, you're the relationship manager externally. Yep. You know, that's the guy who goes to the meetups and who's constantly, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. How can we help you? How can we do this? Constantly developing these external relationships, not necessarily the guy that actually is on the phone, closing deals, making the money. As a solopreneur, you're definitely that guy. As like our level of business, you're still that guy. But as you continue to develop, you know, Henry Ford is not on the phone making sales to no. car distributors, <laughs> right? And I think that's an important thing to note real quick too is when you're reading the book and you're starting out and when you're an entrepreneur starting out by yourself, you're, you're going to have to do all these roles, right? Yeah. And I think it's important to self-reflect and, and notice what you're liking that you're doing and what you really don't like to do and see what matches up with which one. And that'll help you even better understand not only what role you fill, but also what role you need to bring on to yes. help you. Yes. And you're going to stay in a state of flow. You're going to find better success faster. Absolutely. Um, now after that, it's maintaining outside lending relationships. So in real estate, um, you know, especially in investing, uh, maintaining relationships with private money lenders, uh, you know, traditional lenders like banks or mortgage, uh, lenders, they're very important. And, uh, it's the visionary's goal and job to maintain those and bring in more. And so, uh, you know, usually the integrator is going to be very focused on making sure that, you know, the company's moving along and making the payments on the mortgage. You're still in charge of staying in touch with the lender. Are you happy what can we do to, you know, make this better for you? Who do you know that we can, you know, partner with in the future to help make this work better? Uh, so that's a really important piece. Um, we put down keeping an eye on the market. Mm -hmm. Again, comes back to, you know, education, staying on top of what other people are doing, going to meetups, seeing what other people in your market are doing, partnering with other companies where they're succeeding. Uh, for us, a great example would be like call magicians, you know, hiring out some kind of marketing where their whole job is to market. Well, guess what? That just freed up a lot of time for us to go do what we need to do. Um, and we wouldn't have known that had we not been going to market meetups. Um, and then the last two are kind of funny. One is more of like the motivation and morale. And so usually the visionary is going to be high energy, enthusiastic, positive, that person, not all the time, yeah. but tr traditionally that's what that position is. But the most important thing is, they stay out of the integrator's way. A lot of visionaries all struggle, all at different levels, but all struggle with letting go of control. 
because visionaries have a tight idea of what they think they want. Mm-hmm. Integrators need the power to make the decisions to make it happen. Did I sum that up right? 100%. 100%. Flipping the distribution of responsibility over to the integrator now. So we've talked about the visionary, a little bit about the integrator. So there's, we, and we've talked about this too, but staying organized on the day-to-day of the business. Um, you know, in our industry, it could be property management emails, staying up to date on uh, the status of this rehab or the status of this tenant, where Project this management, yep. where this rent is, where, um, you know, what needs to be paid here, paying for insurance for, you know, the portfolio, making sure that's paid on time, continuously checking uh, the bank account, what's going in, what's going out, doing financial checkups on the business. And and we've said this phrase multiple times too, but making sure the business is firing on all, on all cylinders. Yeah. If there's a fire here, what needs to be done to put it out and get back rock, rocking and rolling, yeah. right? Um, another thing, and I think we mentioned it as one of uh, the strengths of the integrator is kind of the planning and organizing part. So absolutely the systems. Too. Yeah. So making sure all documents, tools, resources are easily and readily available and easy to find, um, and, and that sort of stuff. And then again, most important filtering the visionaries ideas of where the company is going and execute the vision of the company. hundred mm-hmm. percent. The most important thing. Yeah. I mean, so it's really interesting too because the integrator is in charge of like system development, system maintenance. They're like the financial side, the HR side, uh, uh, upper management. I mean, the integrator plays a huge role in a solopreneur, obviously, but in a duo or a small business, in, especially in startups, they take on a lot of roles. And especially they take on a lot of the tedious tasks that a visionary would get really caught up in, you know, bogged down in. And again, coming back to the flow, a visionary stuck doing financial paperwork is no longer thinking about the next big picture things. And an integrator trying to think about what to do next or trying to, you know, find lending partners, although they could do it, both parties could do the other job. It's not what they're best at. And they're not in a state of flow where it's not hard for them to do it. Yeah. You know, what when you see a lot of these big guys, yes, they're they're struggling, but they're struggling to do things that they like to do. And so it's more of a challenge, it's more like a game, you know, they've gamified the entire business versus the guys that are all about grind who hate what they're doing and it slows them down. And one other so the book goes through visionary, integrator, XYZ for for both of these things, yeah. right? Yeah. But it also touches upon um, you know, how the relationship works how it can be grown upon how to extend the life of the partnership and how to make sure the partners are in a state of flow and making sure everything's going well right and a big part of that and something that we have implemented for a while now and that what we continue to do is what the book calls a level 10 meeting yep so let's take a deep dive into a little bit what that means and kind of what what we do right you got to look at your partnership as kind of like a marriage, especially in our industry where we're buying properties. I mean, we have 30 year financial commitments. It's mm-hmm. like a marriage in that sense. It's a lifelong commitment here about financial, uh, you know, security. The important thing to understand is that just like a marriage, you have to stay in touch with the other person as their entire person. This isn't just Scott and Kate or, you know, 
Joe and Bob trying to work together, you know, just in a business sense. You need to understand what's going on in your personal life, in your relationships. You don't need to be, a, you know, diving deep into all that, but you need to know generally where the other person's at because distribution of responsibilities come and go. You know, there's going to be days where you're on vacation and your partner is going to be taking over more stuff and just know that that's coming back and it might not come back equally. Yeah. So, you know, what we've ended up implementing is on Tuesdays at 8 a.m. And on the last Friday of each month, uh, we have our level 10 meetings and our level 10 meetings start with a conversation about how are you? You know, how's your week going? How do you feel? We talk about personal lives, things like that. We keep it contained to a shorter period of time, but it's like you need to know how the other person is. Yeah. And then from there, we dive into the other stuff. And so we we go over um, how everything's going financially with the business, uh, you know, upcoming business tasks. So sales coming down the pike, um, projects in escrow, getting updates. So a lot of the times like we're giving each other updates on our specific tasks and we're talking about what we need to do next. We run a podcast. So we're talking about our podcast and what we have to do for that. It's really an opportunity for us to kind of realign and make sure that we're on the same page. Otherwise we've even noticed when we miss a week, it just seems like things start falling apart really quickly. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, I think the book mentions to uh, schedule that meeting and have that meeting be at least 60 minutes or maybe it's 90 90, minutes, um, a bare minimum because I, and like you were just saying, it's super important to have that set aside chunk of time outside all of the busyness and the personal and business lives. We've each got our own business out of all that chaos and, and crazy having that 60 to 90 minutes as a temperature check, a check in on how our partnership is doing, how our business is doing, how each other are doing that. It, uh, like you said, otherwise it's just so easy to get lost in the business and you know, a day pops up and we have no idea what the heck's going on. Um, it, it just allows that set period of time for the check-in and being able to make sure the business is firing on all cylinders and each person's in a good spot. And it keeps the, it keeps the progress moving at a constant rate. One of the things that you'll notice is that like, as the partnership ramps up, obviously the number of tasks are not equal. It's usually exponential. And so making sure like, you know, you and I will check in with each other. I might say, Hey, you know, how are we doing with, um, this specific, uh, you know, property, you might come back to me and say, Hey, you know, did you ever find anybody for this loan? you know, blah, blah, blah. And so it keeps an accountability there too at the same time each week. Yeah. And I think a big part, which is not necessarily a need at the beginning, but which has really helped us in our meetings and our partnership is referring back to our CRM and our project management software, where even if one person's gone or not available, the other person can see at a bird's eye view what what the other person has going on, what their outstanding to-dos are, what what the partnership has going on, right? Being able to integrate both of those softwares has just really helped in what we use on, on, on a weekly, daily basis anyway, which is huge. And it's important that you use it accurately or else otherwise your partner is going to be like completely out of the loop. Yeah. So trying to keep keep up on each one of those things. And then the last thing is like we talked about it last week, which is calendaring and scheduling. We have that blocked into a, a group calendar. Mm-hmm. And whenever we do something for our uh, partnership, we both try to kind of put it in that calendar so the other person can see this did get done. Or if they aren't seeing anything, it's also a warning sign. Yeah. 
And Absolutely. I think all of those things are really important because it allows you to have appreciation and gratitude for the other position because you don't really think about what the other person's doing when you're pogged down. You're just thinking, man, this sucks. Like, you know, kid hasn't done this, that, or the mm-hmm. other. And I actually really never experienced this because we have done a very good job of maintaining a relationship where we can both see what the other person's doing. And uh, two years in, you know, it, it's easy to, for me to look back and say, oh my gosh, look, like, look at all these times where we're looking at, I'm looking at property management emails and I see them going out, but I wasn't a part of it. And at the same time, you don't have to worry about other things, you know, like uh, research calls for the lenders and setting up private money for this, that, or the other, driving out to Selma to go pick up a check, right? So it's kind of interesting because it allows for gratitude. And just like in your relationship, if you start building up any kind of resentment, it compounds so quickly. Yeah. And I think the funny thing about the visionary integrator relationship um, that we've experienced in our partnership and and we've shared aloud too, is it's kind of funny how all that stuff you talked about works out because each person kind of thinks that the other person, the majority of the time, thinks that the other person does way more. more. And I think it, it, I don't think, I know it ties back into... When you're doing something you like and that you're good at, it it doesn't necessarily feel most of the time like work. So when you see the other person doing the stuff you're not as not as good at or um, have challenges with, it's like, holy crap there. But that's the beauty of the visionary integrated relationship, right? That that's why that there is that relationship and partnership is exactly for that purpose. Yeah. And we've been kind of dodging around it, but it's important for us to share that obviously in this relationship, you're the integrator and I'm the visionary. And we're not perfect examples of either. We both have overlapping skills and challenges. Um, But what we found was that you have done a lot better job at running the stuff that an integrator needs to run. And I do a better job at, at certain things that the visionary is good at. 100%. And so it's allowed us to both be more in a state of flow. And... I'll share my great example, which is um, the one that stands out to me the most with challenges for visionaries is uh, sweating in the details. And you and I laugh because uh, we'll, we'll have like this big old to do task and I'm like dying of like dread and anxiety about having to deal with it. And you're like completely fine. And you're like, it's right here. Like, why are you freaking out? Like it was this easy and it's nice to have that. And in a solopreneurship, I wouldn't have that person. But at the same time, there's moments where it goes the other way and it's like, okay, what are we going to do to make money? And it's like, we're going to do this on the other and being fast paced. I just pull the trigger because we're, you're like, okay, let's do it. Pull the trigger. And all of a sudden something starts working and great. Yeah. And conversely, I think my biggest challenge is, or one of the biggest that that pops pops up in my mind is the pessimism. Right. And, And I catch myself you know, thinking that insane things. And then you're right there across the desk and you're like, dude, I'm like, you, you, you got to stop. Like you, you can't be thinking that or saying that. I didn't it, even it, think about it's that. It's going to be, and I multiple, multiple examples and I catch it and I'm like, dude, you're right. And you're like, bro, it will be okay. We we've got it. And, and just having that optimism view instead of what usually is my instinct is, the, the more pessimistic view when we yeah. get a challenge or a problem or whatever it is in right. the business, right? That's funny. I didn't even think about that. Is that that is kind of a natural response where you'll be like, oh, like you'll like uh, you had sent a text the other day and 
it was a it was a letter from code enforcement maybe from out in south bend i, I know what you're talking about and though. it was like and it was like uh like a big old like pretty much like a dang it like this just came through yeah and i called you and i was like oh bro like this is perfect like now we can just put the onus on the city that the city's making us do it and all that yeah and i didn't even think that like we had totally different responses <laughs> to the same letter with the same financial ramifications yeah yeah, I'm just glad that we've managed to maintain the relationship. And I feel like, especially with both of us being younger, both of us, we've both gone through financial hardships uh, in our own ways. We've both gone through emotional relationships, uh, ups and downs through this partnership. I think we've done a good job of trying to actually live what we read and especially what we preach. Um, and, and this was a podcast that we really wanted to put out for those people thinking about partnering with somebody and especially those people that didn't really know each other yeah we didn't really even talk about the fact that we knew each other for a while we read the book before we got into partnership you know uh we did a lot of those things ahead of time just like dating and instead of it being in a romantic way it's in a financial and business sense and so figuring out if this person's even a good match for you like are you too similar are you too opposite those are both really bad you need to have different skill sets with the same idea like the same vision yeah and so, you know, for everybody out there that, you know, now what, right? I mean, we've, uh, I know of people who have come to both of us saying, you know, hey, I've got, you know, my best friend, you know, uh, we really want to jump in and do business together. We're, we're talking about doing this, that, you know, doing an LLC, owning rentals together, this, that, and the other. And literally the first thing out of either one of our mouths is, have you read Rocket Fuel? Have you read Rocket Fuel? No, read Rocket Fuel. Whether it's your best friend or a family member your spouse (laughs) we we all know especially family can be a little more turbulent than than other relationships and especially if you're jumping into business with family um uh, like we were saying best friends anybody read the book beforehand you you know it you just got to read the freaking book it's a very intuitive one too yeah just just because it's your best friend or just because it's your family member does not mean that you guys are going to be great business partners or have a great business because a lot of times when money is involved or other business decisions are involved a lot of emotions can can come out and, and make leave a sour taste in people's mouths if you guys um jumped into a relationship that was not set up for success yeah uh, so first step, figure out if it's even a relationship or a partnership worth building. Yeah. Two, if, and when you do make sure that you maintain it actively, treat it just like a relationship. You go on dates with your significant other, you go visit your parents, you make phone calls to your friends and you do things that you like. You have to do that with your partnership as well. If you do find out it's not a good fit, be comfortable just saying that and saying, hey, yeah. it doesn't really make sense for us to partner. We can help each other, but let's not intermix everything because it's going to be very difficult to separate. Yeah. And now you know, because you read the book and because you've thought back to yourself and you've had some self-reflection, now you know what you need to hire as a solopreneur because you can always go find an integrator or a visionary. Now, finding an integrator is going to be a lot harder and finding a visionary is a lot easier, but you need to find somebody who has the same vision as you. So just know that after you've found this, if it doesn't work out, know that you can find it later. You don't have to have the person already before you start. Yeah. And another important point to wrap up is as a solo 
entrepreneur, right? You, you are doing all these roles up to a certain point, right? But if you want your business to grow to the point that we all know businesses in the real estate space can grow to, um, or even any other space, right? Uh, to succeed to the best of its ability and, and get to where you know you can, you, you've got to have, you know, both those roles in, in some shape mm-hmm. or form. So even if you're starting out by yourself and with, with your role, right, it, you can always hire on uh, that other role later or bring on a partner in that role mm-hmm. later to make sure you're pushing your business to success. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, these are all really important points. I think at the end of the day, um, really the point of this podcast is to talk about the, the, the structure and the maintenance of the relationship. And we aren't uh, partner uh, experts. We just know what worked for us and we know what works for people that are doing a lot more than us. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but Pace Morby was the person who recommended this book to us. Yep. And he and Jamal now have, uh, you know, a show on A&E and they do tens of millions of dollars worth of business. Yeah. And uh, they both work very, very hard, but it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. They're both a lot happier than what a lot of people making a lot less do. Yeah. So in the last point we have on here in, in big caps with an exclamation point is read the freaking book. Read it. So um, I know we both have copies of the book, even though they're not sitting here on our shelves where they should be. But <laughs> if you guys are out there, um, if you've heard of the book, are now listening to this podcast and say, hey, um, you know, I, I want to read the book, reach out to us. I, I'm more than happy to lend out my copy. Yeah. Um, it's done. Uh, wonders uh for for me and both of us reading it so if you're out there uh want a copy of the book to read it over hit us up absolutely well hey guys thanks for tuning in we are already in the second week of january i hope you guys are sticking strong with your calendaring and scheduling uh and all of your other new year's resolutions yep if uh if there's anything we can do feel free to give us a call we do have office hours uh on thursdays so uh we'll be posting our podcast on thursdays and we'll also be available for you to pop on by the office or give us a call and uh in the meantime uh if you need to reach us hit us up on facebook instagram cell phones and emails are everywhere on the internet of course and uh we'll see you next week thanks guys